You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Lucia Pisedu, founder of the BD School. How are you doing today, Lucia? Very good. Thank you, Ray. Thanks for inviting. Good, good. So today we will be talking about the differences between sales development and business development. But before we, we, we get the conversation going, would you mind introducing yourself in a little bit more detail, as well as the organization you represent, the BD School? Please. Absolutely. So, Bob, yeah, so I'm the founder of the BD School, which stands for the Business Development School. And we are the first educational platform entirely dedicated to business development. I launched this company in February 2019 after one year of research, uh, and I did it because I spent, well, now it's 13 years working in business development in different sectors, different industries. And at some point, I kind of hit a wall with my career in 2017. And well, as I usually do, I started learning again. But I figured out that there wasn't really a place to learn business development in a structured way, and everybody seemed to be doing it differently. So I decided to take on the challenge. I gathered the team uh, around my idea and that's where the BD School started. So we started with the community, which then uh, um, transformed into a blog. Then eventually in a proper educational company, we do training, we do mentorship, we organize events. And basically we provide all the tools for business developers and startup founders to learn business development in a structured way and become more effective at this job. Okay. Okay. So would you say that your platform is, is more dedicated to CEOs, CROs looking at setting up their BD team? Or do you think it's more dedicated to the BD person? So we're going to get to speak about it, but SDR, BDR, LDR, ADR, <laughs> whatever you want to call them, DR at the end person. Mm -hmm. so, so who is the platform for? Or is it for both? Yeah, so at the moment, it's more targeted to business development professionals as startup founders. And uh, as business development professionals, we, well, we really target the majority of the people which have from zero to up to six, 10 years experience in business development. And we're actually currently busy with some partners uh, creating uh, something more tailored to the B2B side. We're currently working on it, so it's nothing really ready yet. But uh, our goal is actually to provide business development solutions to all the parties involved. Being business developers, that's exactly what we want to do. We want to provide value on multiple levels. So soon we're going to be ready with the B2B offer as well. But for now, uh, we target primarily individual contributors. Uh, and of course, we help them become better at their job. And soon we're going to help companies with their needs as well. Good. Well, good. Lots of works uh, on the, in the plan, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. So as per the topic of this conversation, it's quite obvious, uh, but we know that there is ongoing conversation in the market <laughs> about the difference between sales development and business development. I mean, I've got to be honest with you, Lucia. I, I, I lost the, the track. And so <laughs> I want to meet with someone. I just ask them, how do you call it? Try to understand their definition of what they call it, what? And then I'm changing my lexic or my, 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 the, the word I'm using. I'm, I'm adapting to people. So I decided to be a chameleon in, in that concept because I, I kind of lost track. But we know that, you know, in this B2B tech world, some companies refer to SDR or BDR. I mentioned LDR. I mentioned ADR. Um, and 
everybody tend to segregate the different function of this individual quite uh, quite a lot. So what are your thoughts on that topic? Yeah, so I love this topic, actually. Uh, and for me, it was actually one of the first things I learned when I started digging a little bit more into the business development world. So backstory about my experience in business development, I really ended up randomly in this field because my background is in international relations and uh, my goal was to become an ambassador or maybe a journalist. And I think with business development, I kind of do both now. I'm the, the ambassador of my company and I get to write content. So that's amazing. But at some point, you know, I was like, okay, look, I, I kind of looked back at my career and I did different positions. Uh, they were all called business development, but I did really different things. So when I started learning and educating myself more about business development, I actually figured out that this world was so much bigger than what we thought. And that was a mistake I was also making, thinking that sales was the same as business development. So until someone at some point was like, look, I really like what you're doing. Uh, I think it's a great community that you're building, but I'm not interested because I don't do sales. I was like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? So that kind of triggered me. And we started doing more in-depth research. And um, and when we figured out basically that uh, when we think about business development, well, first of all, there isn't just like one definition that everybody agrees on. But one thing is for sure, business development involves a lot more than just sales. Um, so now like with the BD School, our goal is also to uh, clarify these, uh, these different uh, definitions. And there is one other anecdote, uh, which I think is going to, I think that was the historical moment in which sales started being, you know, uh, uh, confused with business development. Have you read the book Zero to One from, by Peter Thiel, the same no, guy? Of, uh, it's in my list actually, but I've not read it yet. Cool. So um, then as soon as you do, you're going to see that because at some point uh, there is one page in which he says, well, you know, in sales and so on, uh, we're all actors, right? Because nobody likes to sell, nobody likes to be sold. And that is why then salespeople became business developers, you know, because business development sounds fancier, right? Except that if you do yes. exactly the same thing, <laughs> exactly, yes. if you do... It's threatening. It's like, it's, it's calling, calling yourself a salesperson. I remember when I started, it was actually, now maybe I should be more like a customer relationship mm -hmm. type of guy or... You know, and yeah, now I know what you mean. Exactly. But then what happened is that people started really disliking salespeople and business developers because they associated it to the same thing. So, um, and you know, when I read the book, I was like, oh, finally, the answer to, to, this, uh, to this problem, you know? So to keep it like, you know, simple, when we think about sales development, people that do sales development are really focused on closing the deals, right? So they have a very precise customer profile in mind. They contact a lot of them at scale, most likely, especially in SaaS or tech companies. And then their goal is to close this opportunity. This opportunity. And also the concept of opportunity is another thing. But uh, the goal is to close deals. While in business development, our goal already is to find opportunities before we even know who our customer is. And then, of course, in some companies, you're going to close these deals as well, especially if you're a young startup. But the goal shouldn't be, and it's not, the one to go uh, and close all the deals and all the opportunities that knock at your door. But it's really to figure out what's the best opportunity for the company to grow sustainably. So typically, a business developer, of course, does also 
some sales activities because at the end of the day, every company needs clients. But as a business developer, what you're doing is actually to find new ways to grow the company. So if you only go after the clients, well, you're basically just keeping on one thing that works, right? And that's, that's okay. I mean, if it works, obviously you should do it. But what you can also do is to open up new ways to grow the company. And that's what business developers should be doing. But then again, when we think about BDRs, SDRs, and so on in the tech field, that's really, there. it's not really business development. Let's be honest. It's more sales, right? It's just that the title is misplaced there. <laughs> but pretty much they're doing sales. They're not doing really much uh, creative or like, you know, uh, strategic stuff to find new ways to grow the company. While what we learned with our research and then like our first, you know, challenge and goal was to define a little bit better what BD was, is really that business development is just not about calling the client, but it's about creating new processes, new tasks, uh, and so on which are meant to grow the company on the, on the long term and to create value on the long term, which doesn't come only from the customers, but it comes also from the market, from relationships, partnerships, and so on. So this, I think, is really the main difference between sales and business development. So sales is more like short term, you go after one precise ideal customer profile, you want to close them. Business development does, okay, great, now we have an ideal customer profile. What else can we do to grow the company besides getting these clients? So that's really the mindset uh, shift, you know, uh, that mm-hmm. makes all the difference. It's funny because I, I, I probably have seen very, very few business development reps then. You know, I think, I mm-hmm. think I've probably been meeting with, uh, with salespeople. I think the, in our space and, and definitely from our clients, and our clients are a little bit from across the world, but they're, all B2B software. They all speak about BDR and SDR as internal resources focused on, focus on the more shorter term activity. So it's quite interesting what you're saying because you're almost de- describing the, the business development function as the most strategic function, a function that will be responsible for identifying your revenue streams and or potentially you know, new opportunities for a company. While in our space, they are those tactical guys. In fact, you know, Business development rep is the guy who will go and get the meetings, go and get mm-hmm. the opportunities. He will call you, Lucia, and say, hey, this is what I've got. You want it? You want it? Good meetings. Boom. BDR mm-hmm. And the SDR in the way we've been, and I guess, you know, as I was saying, there is not a straight definition, but the way I kind of portray them if I was to make generality, the SDR would actually be a bit more strategic than the BDR. And I would be the person that, what I'm saying, more strategic, is that they would not just think about getting that opportunity to engage, but they would be getting that opportunity to engage with the mean to sell something. Mm-hmm. So the, SD, the SDR would probably be, uh, probably be a, a function that you would expect to see, again, from a generative perspective, from, from what I'm hearing from clients daily, they would be more the type of guys that would um, Average deal value below 50K dollars or below 30K dollars, like kind of things that you could sell from being sedentary. So from working from, from home or from the office and kind of online selling. That's the SDR from, from I guess, mm-hmm. the, the BDR is more the person that would be, okay, I'm targeting a lot of very large corporate accounts. They are complex. There is lots of decision centers. So I need a BDR that can go 
and investigate, sniff everywhere and see what the opportunities could be and then make sure that we turn every single stone. But then the ultimate goal, and again, making a bit of a generality across all the people I'm speaking to in, in, uh, in, in, in our industry, is, is to get that engagement, is to get that open up the door business development for mm -hmm. the sales guy to come and sell the stuff. So that's interesting, your perception. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is that uh, we didn't really invent anything. We just asked the people, you know, and, uh, and, and when we asked and we run this survey, like we were really impressed at the amount of different ways uh, that people like would use to describe their word. Like one, one big surprise for us, for example, was that business developers work in product development, which was not something like, I kind of did that when I was in a startup and so on. Like I would always talk to everyone uh, within the company, but I always thought like, because it's me, you know, like, you know, I kind of paved my way like that. But then, no, it turns out that business, there are some type of business developers that actually their only job is to talk with the product development team. So they gather the feedback, they go back to the product development team, they work on features together, they launch them. The same for market entry. Like there are some business developers that only work on opening up new markets. So they do market research, they do competitor analysis and so on for this new market, and then they go and launch this new market. So um, it really, it is a very complex field and there are so many different ways uh, of doing it, of course. So my idea is that most of the times we're actually wasting talent because I think, you know, as a BDR, sure, your job can be to set meetings for your account executives or for your SDR or whoever else is closing these deals, or you could come up with new ways to, to close, uh, to, to find, you know, new opportunities. Um, to give you an example, in 2017, which is then when I started thinking about uh, the BD school, I was working for a SaaS company, uh, active in the recruitment, uh, in the recruitment sector. So what we were doing at the beginning, so of course, we all read uh, predictable revenue and so on. It was like, you know, you're going to be talking to, you know, low ticket people, which was already not the case because I was, tar I was targeting big corporates. So obviously very complex deals, as you were saying before. But basically, my job became to operate a software. That was my job, you know, like I had this super sophisticated software. It's called Apollo.io. They're still there. I didn't have to do anything than click send on an email, which already was like, okay, whatever. But because we were starting with the new uh, segment and so on, we didn't really have any information about them. So what we would do was just like blasting these emails around using templates that we found on Sales Hacker and so on, like all the major, you know, industry leaders. But guess what? That didn't really work out. So at some point, my frustration was growing. The frustration of my manager was also growing. It's like, you know, it feels like we're doing so much, but we were not really. Because what we were doing was just, you know, like keep repeating the same process that everybody else in the industry was doing, you know. So at some point, I, was, I started getting closer and closer to the growth team. Eventually, I became a sort of a hybrid uh, role. So I was still in the sales team, but more towards the growth team. And there is really where I could have an impact because I was like, look, I see that everybody is doing webinars. Why don't we do a webinar? And already there, I had to convince my boss, you know, to, to do it. But then we did it and we got 800 leads just on the webinar. 400 people showed up at the webinar and we sold the software, like the first one when we were still doing the webinar. You know? So I was like, okay, look, I can send as many emails as I want, but look, if, if you just, you know, 
let me use my creativity a little bit more, I can come up with some new stuff, you know? And this new stuff, of course, they come from observing what's happening around you, which is a big part of the job of the business developer. But yeah, I feel sometimes we, we waste a bit of talent because we're like, yeah, look, it's like this, just send emails. And I'm like, okay, but there is more, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know what you mean. We get, uh, we get the question as often, you know, pretty much as soon as you start a conversation, sometimes a new prospect, they ask you, what's your technology stack? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, okay. Before we speak about technology, at which, what stage are you at? You know, because as you mentioned, there is so many companies that want to automate and scale a business development mm-hmm. or sales development team that, you know, they get to the point where they just want to, to, to send emails and put things and look at and And the thing at, at the beginning, I don't think it's a number game. I think at the beginning, what you've got to do is to define the blueprint and defining the blueprint means, okay, well, this is our stuff, right? So who could we sell our, that stuff to? So first of all, let's, let's look at the companies that are likely mm-hmm. to, and let's, let's not waste time with people in that organization that won't buy our stuff. Then you need to look at the people in those organizations that are susceptible to buy your stuff. And, and when you find them, you've got to really understand what their role is. And you need to understand not how your value proposition will fit into them, but what's their actual issues. And when you engage with them, you've got to speak about their issues because they don't care about your new product. There's a thousand coming out every day. Mm-hmm. So it's about explaining to clients and say, well, look, you want to bring the automation, but we don't have, it's like if you bring the builder before the architect. Exactly. <laughs> totally. He was a fantastic builder. And if he had a plan, you know, he would have, he would have, he could, you know, he would have built up a structure absolutely incredible. But now instead he's, he's laying bricks because mm-hmm. that's, that's what it is. So, and, and, and I completely understand what you are saying. Now, from your perspective, what makes a great, business development professional what are the qualities uh that, that those people should have actually that that oh, that's a good question i love that so um and, and i can answer you from something we created at the bd school which is the so-called the now famous in our community clap framework like literally yeah. clap, clap like yeah. clapping we even have a small like uh, jingle which is Clap it like it's hot, clap it like it's hot, but that's like internal. Like <laughs> but I do say to our students, so basically like what we found out when, when we're doing our research, so we really tried to, you know, understand like business developers really inside out and we wanted to know everything. Um, I was uh, in an advantage position because I've been doing this job for a long time. So of course I had a lot of insights on my own, but I'm also the kind of person that, you know, needs to see the data. You know, it's like, I, I don't trust my own experience only. So what we did, basically, we started analyzing some friends that worked in business development. Uh, and then we asked questions to about like a thousand business developers uh, or in the first year only. And that just kept growing. And we identified four main uh, personality traits of very successful business developers. And these then, we, well, we created the club framework based on that. And, and we think like we think we've seen it uh, with, uh, with our connections. They're really the four most essential things that you need. And if you have those four things, then you can build upon that all the time. Uh, these are creativity. So good business developers are very creative because, of course, like 
coming up with new growth opportunity requires, you know, having an open mind and thinking out of the box. Yeah. Uh, and not surprisingly, not su- surprisingly uh, most of the managers we talk to uh, now that we're doing research for companies, they all want proactive business developers thinking out of the box and so on. Then the other one is learning agility. As a business developer, you need to love learning. Like if you don't like learning, if you don't like, you know, exploring, you're not curious you're not going to go really far because a big part of your job is to be attentive to, to the input. Yeah. Exactly. Investigate. Totally. Totally. A bit of a Sherlock Holmes type. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then the third skill is adaptability. Uh, I think like with COVID, we all understood that we need to be all a little bit more adaptable because otherwise we just don't really move forward. But especially in business development, because I mean, regardless of the company you're targeting, which of course is very different and so on, but you're going to talk with so many different stakeholders, internal, like your manager, your colleagues, external, which can be clients, partners, and so on. Everybody's so different. So you need to be able to adapt to them and you need to be able to bring value uh, at all these different levels. And because of that, you need adaptability. And then the last one is, of course, persistence. These like, when I started working in the startup world in 2014, like we had it in our playbook. The first thing you would see was persistence is key. Like we had it absolutely everywhere. So I kind of internalized that. Um, But absolutely, you know, whenever you're starting something new, new initiatives, or even just like a new potential client that has never heard of you, you're never going to convince anyone in, you know, one email, one call, or, you know, one shake of hands. Like you need to gain the trust of the people. You need to be credible. You need to build up all these things. And people know so that we all use automation and so on. So that doesn't help. (laughs) So you need to be persistent. So even if you use your your tools, like make sure that you keep contacting people like as long as it's needed, you know? So um, this one's creativity, learning agility, adaptability, and persistence. So if you have the clap in you, then you can make it. Yeah, I like that. You know, make it clap. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, I, I like it because it's it's you know we we've been a uh, we've been reworking completely our recruitment process over COVID nineteen mm-hmm. because I think you can get a good gut feel when you meet people in person, uh, but it's all over the phone. When it's over the phone, it's over. It's a little bit more complex. And and you know what we we kind of call the the learning agility, we, we call it we call it coachability. So we, mm-hmm. we look yeah. at how coachable they are. And in fact, you know, we 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 make some hurdle in the recruitment process. Mm-hmm. You know? And then we let them trip. And then we create the hurdle again to see if they're gonna take <laughs> it or if they're gonna jump it. Right? Totally. Um, and persistence is the same. We actually one of the one of the questions that we ask in the in the process is something along the line of oh Lucia, thank you very much for your time today. You know on the on the personal standpoint, I think you are a great person, but I don't think you've got what it takes to work for us here at Operatics, so it's going to be a no today. And then we look at what, how they are reacting. I know it's terrible, but you've got some people that would have interviewed very, very well. Mm-hmm. And at this point, you just look at them picking their bag and leaving. <laughs> and, and why you just want to close the door and say, no, stay, I was just testing you. <laughs> you have to let them go. Because so these are the people, the day they will get an objection, they will go. These are people that are showing that they don't have that resilience to believe in them, to believe in what they think is right or wrong. What you want is someone that says, well, I completely disagree with you. And I don't get it. You've got to explain to me why, because I've not come so far for someone telling me I'm not good for the job. 
I've got this, I've got that. And then you're like, okay, see you on Monday. That was the last last part of (laughs) Absolutely. So important because at the end of the day, a BDR role, a sales role, it's really about, you know, I think believing in your product. And even if you don't have a great product, you've got to find a way to believe in your product. You've got to reframe and reframe and reframe until you find something that you can hold on to that you really like. Okay? Totally. And then it's about when you engage with someone, we, we take in our training, we take the, the reference to like a, a, I think it's a boxing match or, or something like that. But you know, if you've got Muhammad Ali going onto the ring, he won't go there thinking that he will get absolutely destroyed by the other guy. No, mentally, you're going to go through that guy. You're going to punch him hard. You're gonna, you know exactly what to do. You've got a game plan. And that's how you win. But in sales, I think if you have that some, some sort of, um, of confidence, that, that same sort of drive, um, it helps with the persistence, but it also helps with the way you communicate with people. You know, people want to get something from someone who's passionate about it. They don't show- if I speak to you like that about the podcast today, you know, you probably would, um, <laughs> you probably get bored, right? So you've got to speak about your topic with passion. If not, mm-hmm. stay at home, right? Don't do it. Do something else. Totally. I think that, that that's really, that's really interesting. And I was taking notes and I was like, which she said one that, you know, and I think I, I do like the, uh, the adaptability. I think we need, we need to work more on that. I think the, the, the take that we, uh, the way we look at adaptability, we've been looking at scoring uh, uh, emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, because for us, it's about you know. I was I was mentioning the chameleon earlier. On. Yeah, <laughs> you need to find SDR, BDR salespeople in general that don't think just about themselves. They need to have that little dose of selfishness that will mm-hmm. give drive the resilience and everything, but a lot of empathy. So they can also always, when they speak to people, put themselves in the shoes mm-hmm. of the person in front of them, on the side of them, and then that sort of self-awareness of what's going on. So that sort of leadership type of thinking in sales. And if we can tick all those boxes where we clap big and we give them a job. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Unfortunately, Lucia, we are getting to the end of the session today, but it was really, really good. So... If anyone wants to carry on the conversation with you, or if anyone wants to get in touch, uh, find the details of your blog, platform, and everything, the BD School, what's mm-hmm. the best way to get uh, hold of you, Lucia? Absolutely. So you can visit our website, thebdschool.com. There you're going to find all the tools you need to improve your business development skills. And of course, if you want some more insights into what we're doing or about me personally, feel free to connect on LinkedIn. I'm always uh, available. So feel free to share the link in your summary after. Yeah, will do. Well, thank you so much, Lucia. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the call today. Thank you, Ray, for having me. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.